This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed, and I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney once again. Well, good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. I think we can see light at the end of this tunnel. Yes, and it's not a train this time. <laughs> no oncoming train. <laughs> it's springtime. As a matter of fact. Spring starts next week, too. That's right, as yes. a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. It does, yes, indeed. And I, I mentioned it earlier that uh, maybe with these temperatures that are moderating, by the end of the week, we some folks will see some their lawns, if see not earlier. Lawns, yes. And it's too early to put down your crabgrass preventer, please. And don't walk on the lawns yet. Don't walk on the lawns. Don't rake. Just let it dry out. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Tell you what, we've mentioned, if folks are calling in and texting in as we speak, if you do have a, any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk with uh, Teresa Rooney here. And, uh, again, either by phone or by text, uh, there's a line open. They're going to be filling fast, so don't wait. 651-989-9226 or send a text at 81807-81807. And another thing, Teresa, that uh, you know, but I'll mention, that our friends at By the Yard, they make that best outdoor furniture down in Jordan, Minnesota, sponsors the show every week, and we do appreciate that. It's great stuff. All right. You know, speaking of good things, a lot of good things going on at the Arboretum around town. There are. It's just amazing. Well, at the Arboretum, I know they're working a lot with Maple Fest and the Pancake um, Breakfast is coming up at the end of this month. So, you know, hit the Arboretum. There's all kinds, There's yoga in the garden tomorrow. Yoga? You'll be inside. You won't be outside. But um, they have yoga. So I think it's over. I don't remember which building it's at, but they have that. And then um, there's a bud run on the 5th of May. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at the, at the garden. Lots of classes. And then if you don't want to go to the Landscape Arboretum, a lot of master gardeners are um, in their own county putting on garden days and gala days. And so you can go and learn all different kinds of things about garden. I was up at Shasai. County Master Gardeners mm-hmm. Garden Day, and I say thank you, thank you, Chisago County. You gardeners and master gardeners put on a great day. Thank you. They did a good job. And also, the um, I didn't mention this earlier, but the uh, Minnesota Hort Society got a hold of the five season gardens of or the five season gardening of Pete Oldoff, and he's a, a European garden landscape designer. And the, the I saw the movie at the Riverside at the Riverview really? Theater um, this last week. Um, you have to buy your tickets to the Arboretum, and they are still doing it in a few different cities throughout the states. We had a full house, and we had ninety minutes of beautiful gardens. And then there was a discussion afterwards. So I th- say thanks to the Hort Society for putting that together. And if the garden, if that movie is coming to your town, do get a chance see to it. see it. Yeah. We were talking before the show, and I was pleasantly surprised to read, and I can't remember where it was. I think it was last week, 
that uh, there are more um, folks, younger folks, mm-hmm. quote, younger folks, yep. mm-hmm. uh, interested in, in gardening, large or small. Sure. But they're men, young men. Younger men. We're noticing a lot of more um, men, young men, um, coming into the Master Gardener program, too, which Good. is nice. Cause, and we would love to see more people of color and diversity because as, as all of that reflects in our communities into our, into our Master Gardening program, we can then serve our our, sure. com- our our cities even better. So Excellent. Yeah, but we are seeing a lot more men. And, you know, gardening is something you can do when you're two years old to you're 100 years old. So. We, we hear it, you and I hear it on these the phone calls that we get mm-hmm. to, at least the sound of yep. more men calling and exactly. they're younger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yep. good. Yep. All right. And you know when you garden, you actually can feed yourself. So, I mean, you can get food out of it. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want something substantial. Very, you can get, but it's very therapeutic it's besides. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. It's very relaxing. Um, it, it's amazing what gardening will do. It can keep you flexible. It can keep you moving. helps you get out into your community. Um, you know, let somebody else do the dishes or clean the cat box. You go yeah, out gardening. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of reasons to garden. And I, my... Uh, my oldest daughter was excited. She had the chance to meet I you. When was that? Where was that? Was she was at the Bachman's? That was at the Bachman's Winter Farmers Market. And she's a wonderful young oh, lady. Yeah. Hi, Tina. It was nice <laughs> to meet you. And um, yeah, it was great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's answer some questions here, Teresa. Uh, let's go to the phones first. Uh, Bill is calling in from uh, Woodbury, I believe. Hi, Bill. What's your question for Teresa? Hi, Bill. Oh, good morning. I have a novelty question for you. Okay. After a long fall and winter, after all the wind, rain, and snow, how can there still be a few leaves on some of the trees? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, the, the chemicals in the trees that say to release the leaves or senesce um, don't always get there. And some of those, some of those, you know, it could be that they're actually frozen um, on the trees, but some of those break, some of those, um, the, the connections just don't break. And they don't. The, some sometimes it just doesn't. I know, especially the oak trees. I was going to say we have some oaks yeah. in our and, front yard. And they yard tend that do that. to do that. They they hold on, and that's just part of also their their way of coping with with the world. Whether it's to hold snow that then is going to melt and and be under their canopy, or or whatever it may be, or breaking the the rain so it doesn't wreck up the the soil under the canopy of the tree so much, or whatever is its a motivation to do that. The reason why it developed to do that. But it, it is amazing. You would think by now with the gale force winds and everything it's else. It's like that, a gift that keeps on giving. Yes, falling leaves yes, yes. Especially if you round. have a garden that, or a yard that you would like nice and clean. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Good question. Thanks, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who's next. Uh, Deb is calling from Lake Elmo, I believe. Hi, Deb. Good morning. Hi, Deb. Hi, good morning. Uh, my question is, so I have a dog, and uh, as dogs do, they pee mm-hmm. in or the urine. I have urine spots all mm-hmm. over my yard. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get rid of those brown urine spots throughout the year? There is. Um, what you you there's there's a few different options. You can train your dog to go in one area on a on a mulch bed or something, and your dogs can be trained for that, or on a pee post if it's a male dog. Otherwise, what your dog is basically doing is um, over-fertilizing an area, so you're getting a fertilizer burn there. And so what you need to do is dig up the, the dead grass, um, maybe add a little compost into the soil, and then just replant there. You, there's nothing else you can do. There's nothing you can feed your dog. Um, there's nothing you can put in the soil. It's a fertilizer burn. Um, and, and basically, unless you followed your dog around and as soon as he or she peed right there, you um, flushed it with water, that's the only way you could prevent that. Um, so it's either train your dog to go in one area, um, live with 
live with the the brown marks or just use the little patches and um, clean up the area, dig out the dead grass, put in a little compost, throw down the patches or the the grass seed and just keep replanting. Dogs and lawns are like trees and lawns. They they have a rough, tougher relationship together. That's true. All right, Deb, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go to New Alm, Teresa. I think Mary has been uh, waiting there. Mary, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Mary. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I recently replanted a peach plant, um, and now the leaves sort of are curled, not all completely curled over, but are flopped over. And I just wonder if it was too cold by a window when we had that bad, you know, cold Mm -hmm. weather. Mm -hmm. Um, I have it in a corner where the window is. But um, Was it always in that corner? Is that where you always kept it? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, it, it could be that that's part of it, but it also could be it's just the um, the shock of being transplanted. Depends upon, um, you know, how, how you had to manipulate the roots if you did a lot of, you know, tearing apart of the roots, which which is not always a bad thing. But the, the plants do, that's a big shock. Like when we move, it's a big shock. When plants are transplanted, their roots get disturbed. It's a big shock. Um, you know, if the leaves are starting to brown off, you just cut them. They're, they're not, nothing is, you know, that's good. Brown, dead is dead. It's never coming back again. Um, make sure that you did put it in soil that has nice drainage and that you did put it and give it a good drink of water when you replanted it. And then after you replant any kind of house plant or anything, you don't want to be fertilizing it for about, I'd say, at least a month until you see that it's reacted well and it started growing again. Um, if you fertilize too soon, you can get a lot of more root damage um, with the little roots it's trying to put out. They get burned by the fertilizer. They're just not strong enough. So those could be some of the options, but um, just, just treat it as gently as possible. Make sure it's getting enough water, not too much water, that there's drainage, and um, just cut off the dead leaves or the leaves that look really bad, and that'll help you make the plant look a little bit better, too. Good luck. Thanks, Mary. I'll tell you what, let's uh, take a break, Teresa. We'll do that, and when we come back, let's grab some text messages from our listeners. If you want to call in your question, uh, 651-989-9226. There's a line open. You can use it. Or send, uh, Teresa, your text, 81807, 81807. It's 824 in the morning, 21 degrees here on CCO Denny, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your questions by phone and by text, your lawn and garden questions. Uh, there's a line open. You want to call it in, 651-989-9226. Teresa will grab some text messages at 81807. We'll do that in a moment. But Dan, I believe, is calling from White Bear Lake with a question. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Good morning. I, I love your show. And I thank you for taking my call. Sure. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I have few uh, apple, pear, and prune trees, and I have every year so many water sprouts. How best can I cut it so they don't grow anymore? These are those tree sprouts. Yep. Know, mm-hmm. um, you know, some trees just really like to sprout up. The only thing you can do is keep cutting them. There's nothing you can do to the tree hurt itself. The tree. It doesn't hurt the tree. Okay. No, you want to cut those off. It's just how some like aspens will will propagate. One aspen tree will propagate a whole mountainside. So that's really one tree. So so that's just how how some plants are. And you just have to keep running them over with the lawnmower or cutting them. And sometimes there some some varieties are just really prone to to doing those those little shoots that so come up from trim the them off. Just keep cutting them, Dan. Okay, thanks, Dan. <laughs> thanks, Dan. All right, let's go back to the text messages. Uh, They, the texter does, want a recommendation needed for apartment. They want a fast-growing vine needed for apartment screen porch for privacy. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm wondering, is it an inside or an outside Doesn't apartment? Say. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be an, an inside plant. Um, you could do um, some of the, um, some of the, uh, oh. But it's a screen porch. A screen so porch. Maybe... Well, it might be like a balcony kind of a screen yeah. porch. But, this, you know, there's nothing that's going to live above ground in the wintertime out there, probably. Um, it may overwinter a few times. So you may want to try um, some annual plants, you know, some like beans. And it depends on how much sun you're going to get. Otherwise, you could go with some of the, um, like the pothos or the, some of the ivies. The house plants are, are pretty fast growing. Um, you, you, and just and just you maybe maybe you're not even um, thinking about a vine, but consider hanging some plants from the ceiling on hooks if possible oh, yeah. in pots. Just that little bit of screening will give you a little bit of privacy there. That might help. Um, you know, you can also hang some very attractive, you know, um, semi see through curtains and things like that. That might you know a very outdoorsy feeling, but that might help too. Um, give you some screening. I like that, the hanging uh, pots. The hanging pots, yeah. you know, and, and if you're inside, you know, a spider plant can really just cascade down and be very beautiful. And some of the hanging baskets, again, depending upon how much sunshine you get and how much light you have out there, you can get some beautiful flowering ones um, or, or just some house plants that will be really pretty too. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. If you want to send a text, 81807 or call us, uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's go to uh, Sabina, who's calling from uh, St. Paul this morning. Good morning, Sabina. Hi, Sabina. Hi, good, mor- good morning, you guys. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. My question is about a lilac bush that we have. We have a 1901 house. This lilac bush is probably decades old, but it's pushing against the retaining wall that leads down to our basement, and it's just starting to crumble. My husband's all about taking it out and getting rid of it. I'm wondering, can a lilac bush that's decades old can it be replanted or should i just kiss it goodbye you know um you you could you could try replanting it or moving it you know especially if there's and and if you don't want to take the big bush there may be some some suckers that have come out like in this case well dan didn't want suckers you want suckers so you could take some of those suckers and you could cut those off and move those instead but it sounds like um they're the the retaining wall has been damaged. It's been compromised, and the, it's only going to get worse. So you've got to do something, and um, you know. And and so I would either pull out the whole bush, and you can try retransplanting it, or take some of the some of the suckers, cut them off from the mother plant, and then also take the mother plant and see if you can um, if you can propagate it that way. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm looking at the text screen, and uh, I'm wondering if we're not getting to the end of the trimming. Can we trim oak trees yet? Can we do that yes. yet? Mm-hmm. Still can. Yep, you still can. When, you, when you're thinking about trimming these oaks and elms and ashes, think about could it be insects out there? It's still pretty cold, so now we're going to get some degrees that are 50-degree days. That's too warm. There could be insects flying around out there. So if, like today, you could probably still do it because it's only going to be 30, 32 degrees. But you, we are coming to the end of that season. So, so that's why we don't trim those trees because of insects vectoring diseases usually. Okay. Teresa, hang on. Okay, I'm hanging. We have another half hour of the show to go if you want to chat with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Call in your question or send a text. Phone number 651-989-9226. Text, meanwhile, 818807 uh, it is. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to this Master Gardener. She's helped us out for a long time here on CCO and is doing so today. So 
Callers, Teresa, as usual, and texters. Tell you what, let's do the phones first. Let's Shall do, we do mm-hmm. that. And yep. I have to mention, too, that our friends at By the Yard, mm-hmm. maker, makers of that great patio furniture, down in Jordan, Minnesota, uh, sponsor the show every week. We thank them for that. All right, let's go to Montgomery. I think Jeannie's there with a question first. Jeannie, you're on uh, with Teresa. Hi, Jeannie. Good morning, kids. How are you? Good. How are you? I like that kid. I like the kids. Hey, um, I normally prune my my apple, peach, and apricot trees in February Mm -hmm. because it's so low in my meadow. It was completely inaccessible. Mm -hmm. If we have to prune them now or, Mm -hmm. you know, to get to them, because they're a fruit-bearing um, and I know we have to worry about insects. Mm-hmm. Should we be following up with some kind of a um, a spray or? You know, if you can get it done this weekend, I probably wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, and then, but if you have to start waiting later into the season, like next weekend or the following weekend, um, probably do a pruner sealer afterwards, and then clean your sterilize your pruner between every single cut. So it's a lot of extra work. So I would get done as much as you can this weekend if possible while the weather's still cold and um, and we're not seeing funguses flying through the air and insects flying through the yeah, air. Yeah, having to prune or having to clean your tool in between every cut. It slows you way down. Very motivational to <laughs> yeah. get it done this Well, good, good. Okay, get out there and do it then. Just be careful, okay? Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. All Bye-bye. Right. Thank you very much. Jeannie leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. Tell you what, let's go to uh, Susan. Susan's calling from Coon Rapids, I believe. Hi, Susan. Hi, Susan. Oh, hi there. How are you guys this morning? Good. Fantastic. How are you? W- wonderful. I got a quick question. My son parked um, my car uh, over my garden over the winter, mm-hmm. and it leaked um, oil. Mm-hmm. And he moved it out, and there's oil everywhere, and that's the best spot for my garden. Mm. I'm okay. just wondering, is it safe to grow there this year? What kind or? of things are you growing there? Well, I'm not sure. I are these I'm... your are these your veggies or are they um, um, flowers? Uh, veggies. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd probably I'd, I'd clean up as much of the snow as you possibly can. Okay. Um, and then, if possible, um, you know, if you if it didn't get down to the to to the soil, you're going to be okay. Okay. Um, was there a garden there already, or no? Yeah, I've had a garden there 15 years. Okay. So, so then I would kind of see if the if it's gotten down into the soil. If it's gotten into the soil. You know, I'd, I'd probably be leery about planting um, okay. any of your root crops. I, oh. I don't know how it's going to impact the plants themselves, um, okay. but but you could do like tomatoes and things like that, where where everything is filtered pretty much by the plant. But I probably wouldn't do a lot of root crops. And okay. if you do um, um, lettuces and things, I'd wash the leaves super well. But I'd probably maybe not do those either. Okay. I try to do things like squashes and beans and okay. and tomatoes and things. Okay. Um, you can also, as soon as the ground starts to thaw, you could really just just water and water and water and understand that's going to wash away a lot of the nutrients and and yeah good luck that's that's kind of hard yeah i wondered too i was thinking along lines if someone had the same issue Mm -hmm. and wanted to Remove that soil. You could remove the but soil. Where do you bring it? Would you would would the hazardous waste place I, take? I would dirt? probably contact hazardous waste yeah. or contact your city offices and ask them. You know, I've had this chemi- this spill, so now it is a hazardous waste, and and put it. You know, figure out what what to do with it. I bet one of our listeners sends it. I'm sure one of our listeners because yeah. they're smart. They know this. Absolutely. Stuff. All right, number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to Monticello. Cindy is on CCO. Cindy, you're on uh, with Teresa. Hi, Cindy. Yes. Thank you for taking my call today. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a variety of pine trees in our yard. Some I know are blue spruce. There's mm-hmm. a variety of others. 
But I noticed on the lower parts of the tree, we've got some dead branches. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering how long can I start cutting them off and when should I stop dead in case of bug infestation? No, no, dead is dead. You can cut off anything that's dead at any time of the year. So okay, dead well, is dead you. and go ahead and cut that back. Mm-hmm. Yep, good luck. All right, All right. thanks very much. Uh, I'm going to grab a text message or two first, but I think Ed's calling from Bloomington with a question. Uh, Ed, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Ed. Oh, good morning, Sam. Really uh, happy to call in. I listen to your show on Saturdays and really enjoy it. Sometimes I just snuggle in bed uh, for a few extra minutes and it's very peaceful. Okay, Lucky we're, je- you. we're jealous. We're jealous. <laughs> I'm up now, though. Okay. Uh, so here's my question. Um, with this heavy snow that we've had the last week or so, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a big line of fairly tall arborvitas mm-hmm. in our backyard going across, and the deer have turned it into a little buffet from yes. roughly ground level to about five feet high. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I rebuild that or trim out and get it to grow? I know they're pretty slow growing. Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do is it's, now there may be growing points that once the sunlight hits them will be activated and you may get some sprouting. Otherwise, you may just have limbed up arborvitaes, and and this is just something that you know we have to now deal with, um, and and then that's something we have to consider when we have you know things like the arborvitaes and the spirea that the deer and the bunnies like, and we have to anticipate how much snow we're going to get. This was kind of unprecedented for us to get this much, and so the animals could get way high over our fences. So there's really not much you can do. Trim off anything that looks really awkward and and is broken off in a funny area. And just hope that some of it re-sprouts and, and there's not much you can really do to redesign the plant. I'm sorry to tell you that. All right, Ed. Thanks. Yeah, thanks sorry. for the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, text number, by the way, 81807. Here's one. We, we, we've joked before in the past about maybe having some kind of an award for the first person to, <laughs> to call or text. How do I get rid of Creeping Charlie? Well, if you don't want Creeping Charlie in your yard, there's a few ways you can do it. You can always pull it. And that works. Um, you have to be on top of it. And you have to keep um, t- keep keep um, at it. Um, you can get ahead of it. Uh, understand there's a seed bank in your soil then that has creeping Charlie seeds, so try not to disturb the soil. Plant something that will grow in place of creeping Charlie. So you don't just want to leave a barren area because creeping Charlie will come back in again. Um, you know, you, so you want to change the conditions. You can also use chemicals on it. You would want to use those chemicals on it, and those would be weed killers that specifically say they kill creeping Charlie broadleaf weed killers. And um, you want to use that when the plant is blooming and also after the first frost. Those are the two best times it seems to hit the, the plant a little bit better and the plant takes in more of the killing agent and, and it not gets knocked back. Um, those are what you can do. Right. And if you don't want it to spread, you can keep it contained in an area. Once it finishes blooming, um, mow it down so then the seeds don't, it doesn't put put out seeds, but it will still send out runners. So you got to keep the runners in the area. It, it, does it not like shady areas? It likes generally? shady areas. It likes sunny areas. It'll take anything. It, it kind of, it, 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 I know there's a certain pH in the soil that it likes, and I can't remember what that is. But Creeping Charlie is just one of those plants that will just take over some empty areas. Big and it can overpower. Or other plants, yeah. so you so you just have to be on the uh, on watch for it. In some areas, it works perfectly to hold the soil, and in some areas, you don't want it. So then you just have to physically removing it is usually the easiest. And 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 I say that the easiest, it's not that easy, but it's usually the most effective way to do it. Uh, Teresa, uh, a texter from Southwest Minneapolis uh, says or uh, questions: Is it too late to cut back my smokebush shrubs and hydrangea shrubs? 
And how far back can I cut them if that's um, no? You can you can cut those back anytime. Um, I'd probably wait till maybe they started coming out of dormancy if you wanted to keep some of the height. Otherwise, you can you know depending upon what kind of hydrangeas or or it is, you can cut it all the way back to the ground if you want, and the smoke bush will come back up again. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine to do that. You know what we haven't done yet? What? Oh, we haven't said extension dot no, that great edu. resource. Oh my goodness! Tell so, us again. Yep. Yeah, so if we miss your questions, or if you don't understand what I've said because I babbled, um, or if we don't get to you, um, go to extension.umn.edu and click on the garden page, and you'll find lots of wonderful information. There's landscaping information there. There's I, what plant is this? What insect is this? What what is happening to my tomatoes? Um, there's all kinds of amazing things on there. So even if you don't have a gardening question and you have, you know, half an hour to 12 reading. hours, just go there and just zone out. It's yeah. kind of like binge watching, only it's binge computing. So so do it. That's Extension.umn.edu. Extension. Yep. All right. We'll mention that again before yep. Teresa leaves us today. Uh, let's see who has been waiting out there. It is Donna who's calling from Northfield, I believe. Donna, you are on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Donna. Good morning. I love your show. I have two Thanks. quick questions about amaryllis. I have several that I save over the years. One bloomed last year, not this year. Is that done? Should I dispose of that? One? Um, you know, it just probably didn't get enough energy to rebloom this year. If the plant looks healthy yeah. and if you can get them outside in the summertime yes. so they really can plump up those leaves and get those get those bulbs just okay, full yeah, of I energy, yeah. that will really help. And um, and then maybe give it a little bit of a fertilizer too outside in the, in the summertime. That'll help it too. And then I have several young ones. Mm-hmm. They aren't blooming, but they have all kinds of leaves. Will they sometime bloom? They will. They're just babies so, now. So, so keep going. Yep. You know how big the the bulb was yes. when it that's that's how big those bulbs oh, okay. have to get. So oh, okay. so those little babies have a little way to go. Yeah, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so you much. You bet. Good luck. Bye. Thanks, Donna. All, All right. right. Let's see who's next uh, on the phone. By the way, there's a line open six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Joe in Saint Cloud may have a treatment for that oil. All right, Joe. Joe. Hello. Hello. Yes, there are microbes in the soil that do break down those hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. And what those microbes need is fertilizer to help with that process. Okay. And it may take a couple of years, mm-hmm. depending on the amount of oil that's in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they apply some nitrogen fertilizer to that mm-hmm. over time, that oil will decompose uh, from the microbes in the soil. You know, it's amazing how much of our, our the problems we create in this world, nature can take care of if we give her time. So yeah, adding some extra compost to the soil will disperse some of that and the fertilizer How about too. that? Good. Thanks, Joe. That's Thanks, a Joe. great, great response. I knew Thank we'd you. get some kind of Somebody. response. Those yeah. guys are, you guys are so smart out there. You're amazing. Teresa, hang on. We'll take a quick break okay. here. We have more show to come. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in here to CCO. It's uh, 21 degrees now in the Twin Cities in the midst of our Lawn and Garden Show called Smart Garden. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us. Teresa, we've got a bunch of callers and texters. Excellent. But if we don't get to you guys, go to extension.umn.edu. All right. Very good. Uh, let's see who's been waiting. Bob in Bloomington is the next up here. Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob. Good, mo- good morning. Help help make it spring, please. <laughs> uh, I, I have a yard that is heavily shaded mm-hmm. by trees, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, is it possible to put two 
uh, seed with fescues versus a bluegrass to get, uh, I prefer to have fescues uh, mm-hmm. as we go forward here. Yep. So well, is the, there a way to do that? The fescues are going to be the only thing that's going to possibly grow there. The bluegrass won't. And depending upon how heavy the shade is, even the fescues may struggle a little bit. Um, so, so think of that. You may also want to consider um, some sedges if you don't need to walk on it a lot. They are grass-like plants and can take the shade. And um, there is a Pennsylvania sedge that gets a little higher and can take over, um, can can grow in the shadier areas. It looks like a grass. Um, but yeah, fescues would be the ones that could take a little less sunshine, and those would be the seeding mixes that you'd want to look at. All right, good very luck. good. Thanks, Bob. Cheryl is calling from Minnetonka, I believe, on CCO. Cheryl, you are on with Teresa. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, good morning. I'm calling because I have been unable to grow cucumbers in our garden the past two years. The first year I I tried to use uh, seeds that uh, were mosaic treated, mm-hmm. and um, so I planted them, and the same thing happened. They sprout, they come up, and then the leaves get like little holes all over. It's not a bug. I treated it with some uh, spray in that, and mm-hmm. then last year I planted another type of cucumber that was disease-resistant, mosaic-resistant, and then they started coming up, growing pretty good, and then all of a sudden it started showing the same sign on the leaves. So I went to Tonkadale in Minnetonka, and they recommend to spray with uh, Revitalize. It's a biofungicide. Okay. And it didn't work either. So I'm just wondering. I tried even putting seeds in one of my flower beds, and the Mm -hmm. same thing happened there. Uh, Do you have, um, do you grow tomatoes and things too? Yes. They're okay. All right. Okay. Um, you know, there could just be something in the soil, and um, I would try maybe some cucumbers in pots. Try some try some bush cucumbers and see if that's going to work for you. You may There may just be something in the soil that is not going to let you grow cucumbers. Um, I don't know exactly what it would be, um, but there's there could be a fungus in the soil that's just impacting all the cucumbers, and, um, and, and that's what I would try. And then again, just keep trying different varieties in your garden. Um, eventually, hopefully, one you'll find will be resistant to whatever you have going on in your garden. You could have a soil test done, but I don't think there's much they can really figure out with just that. It would be very expensive. You'd have to have a very, very specialized soil test. So I would try them in pots. And that's what I would try. Or or create a raised garden um, that that and then put like cardboard at the bottom of that garden and then do a raised garden and try growing cucumbers in that with soil that you brought in. That's Those would be my suggestions. Good luck. Thank you, Cheryl. Let's go to Big Lake. Barry is in calling uh, from there. Barry, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Barry. Hi. I have a couple of things I'm planning on. I'm looking for a different kind of mulch, and I'm, I've noticed these compressed bales of pine shavings mm-hmm. at garden centers. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's a good idea. You, you could do that, sure. Mm-hmm. All right, and the other one is I'm planning on transplanting a colony of uh, bloodbane. Okay. And I'm not too sure how to go about it. I want them to bloom next year. Okay. Um, do you mean the little blood root, the little tiny blood root? Yeah, blood root. root the uh, little blood tiny ones. Okay. Alder, yeah. Okay. Um, they, they bloom in the spring, so I would transplant them as soon as they finished blooming. Um, move them carefully and put them back in a shady area where they like to be. You know, I was just thinking of the, the pine the pine shavings. I'm not sure if you're looking at pine shavings, which are like chopped up wood. Um, depends on what kind of garden you're going to put that in. Um 
they they may take a little bit of the nit- nitrogen out of the soil as that the pine wood breaks down because it's smaller pieces. So you may just want to look um, and watch your plants um, for a little bit of nitrogen deficiency. And if you see that, um, give them a light nitrogen feeding. Um, uh, if you're if you're if this is your veggie garden, I would not do that kind of kind of um, mulch in your veggie garden. It can break into the soil too easily. If that's any help. All right. Okay. Good luck. Thanks, Barry. Texter says, is impatient blight and impatient fungus the same thing? Mine lost all flowers and leaves midsummer. Yep. Have not planted them for two years. Is yep. it now safe? I would give it three years. Three? And yeah. It's a, it's a disease that's in the soil, and I'd give it three years to break out. Um, some of the New Guinea impatients are res- resilient to it, um, so they're a little bit um, resistant to it. Otherwise, you know, look at some other plants and grow some coleus and some you know, begonias and some ferns and, you know, break outside your impatient box and just go wild and crazy and try other things. <laughs> Sounds and good. Then once you get back to your impatience, you'll feel so much happier because you, you miss them for so long, but you'll have learned about other plants too. Uh, Texture says, I have some new raised beds, 20 inches tall. Are there any vegetables or fruits that don't do well in a raised bed? How about rhubarb or strawberries? You know anything's going to do well in there. What you what I would worry about with a with any kind of raised bed is if the soil freezes and thaws in the winter time for those for those annuals. So it depends on how big the mass is. So if you're going to plant perennials, put those more toward the center of the raised bed where it's going to stay frozen all winter long, and then plant your your um, annual um, veggies on the outside, your annual stuff on the outside. If if you if you know it's not going to for some reason, maybe you have, I don't know, maybe it's really a huge bed or something. You don't have to worry about that. But being above the ground, it just can freeze and thaw at those edges a little bit. So that's where you get the damage and the, and the death from plants. Teresa, a texter wants to know, have you ever started onions from seeds outside in a tray with a cover? Um, no, but you could, you could give it a shot. Um, try like the winter sowing method for your onions. I'm not sure how that would work. They kind of take a long time to, to, to germinate from what I remember. Um, but I have not tried it, but I would certainly give it a shot. Try winter sowing them. Mm-hmm. Remember that earlier uh, text about uh, privacy from the, yes. the porch, mm-hmm. but a t- another text that says we needed privacy. Uh, so on our deck, we put up panels of lattice yep. from the hardware store. They work perfectly. They work perfectly. It gives you still, you can see through it, but it just gives you enough privacy. Yeah. And it breaks some of the wind, too, so it, so that That's helps. Point. That's kind of bad in the win- in the summer if you need the wind to cool down. But it does give you just that little bit of, of privacy. So even just even just a trellis that, that is a little even more open, just your that visual stoppage will really give you, even if it's like big, big holes in it, it's amazing how your eye just stops and you have to force your eye to go on before, be after that. We have about 60 seconds, but okay. I want to grab this last uh, text. Is uh, there any chance the polar vortex this winter will kill off some of the Japanese beetle grubs? Are there any ground pre-treatments can be done in early spring to mm, kill the, them? The polar vortex probably isn't going to touch it. Um, the beetles, would uh, they would hate a really dry spring, which we're probably not going to have. And there are some, um, if you do some, there are, go to the extension.umn.edu, click on the garden tab. They do talk about some products you can put in the soil that will take out the grubs. And I know you urge our listeners to get to the Arboretum, right? Get to the Arboretum, join the Minnesota Hort Society, support your master gardeners, get your hands dirty in the soil whenever you possibly can.
And join all the young guys that are becoming gardeners. Yeah, yeah, and the young ladies too. There's Absolutely. a lot of one, there's a lot of young people oh. out there. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks, Good Danny. to see you again. Good to see you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t